Tell you what, I, I don't do well in the humidity. I'm telling you what. Well, you know, it's just like a, a, a glass when you put ice in it. You, Derek, he has the same problem. When you're cool, you sweat a lot when it's humid. Right? We're just so cool. You sweat. Anyway. All right. <laughs> but uh, Matthew chapter 6, we're continuing looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and again, uh, Jesus is basically reminding the children of Israel how they kind of misrepresenting his kingdom. And he's sort of been tweaking everything, right? The Pharisees had taken everything so literally and were trying to live in their own righteousness. And um, Jesus continues to correct them, saying, man, you think this is what you were supposed to do, but it... It's not about the letter of the law. It's about the spirit of it. And so he's just basically sitting down with everybody and just telling them, if you're going to be a member of my kingdom, if you're going to represent me as your Messiah, the one who God has promised down through the ages, this is the kind of things you, you should be concerned about, not some of the things that the Pharisees had been living. Okay, It's not about letter of the law. It's about living your love for God from the heart. And he just keeps tweaking that. And we t- saw that in the very beginning. Well, we got a little change of tone here in the end of chapter 6. Okay, and we're going to look at this, split it up into two weeks just because I didn't want us to be here really long on a Sunday morning. But we're talking about warnings about materialism. And then the second half of that, when we look at it next week, are warning, warnings about worry. Okay, so this last part, he kind of groups them together a little bit, but they are a little separate, but you'll see. And in the notes here in a minute, we'll look. Um, it says that there's a connection between materialism and worry. When we're so closely focused on the things of this world around us, it is very easy to be a person that is worried. Okay, here we go. Okay, the rest of the chapter, Jesus teaches the connection between materialism and worry. When our eyes are focused on things, it brings us about worrying about things. Okay, how many of you have worried in the past? Okay, I did talk about a pregnant guy. That's a question that I, I just got. Every hand should go up, right? Because, you know, you know, I don't ask the question, how many of you worried right now? Okay, um, but most of the time in our minds, what has our worry been about? Don't ask, you don't have to answer it, but was it money? Was it, you know, our job situation? Was it about... So often it has to do with the physical, earthly, temporary things that are around us. And that's where Jesus is kind of focusing in the next two weeks. So today we're going to talk about materialism. And it's going to be a little bit of a shortened lesson, uh, I hope. You know how that works. Um, Anyway, so... Let's look, if you would, to chapter 6, and we'll begin reading, please. Look at verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up treasures for your, or lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither raw 
I knew I was going to do it. Moth or rust doth corrupt, neither thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you for your word. Lord, just help us to remember that this world isn't our home. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Lord, we're only pilgrims passing through. And Lord, you have reminded us over and over through your word that we're not supposed to put down roots. That this isn't the place and the, uh, the future that you've designed for us. Lord, we have a wonderful home just beyond the river. And so, Father, I just pray you'd help us to see that today as Jesus is reminding us about training our minds when it comes to the earthly things around us. Lord, be with my mind. Uh, Lord, help us to share words that would allow your Holy Spirit to teach us, each one of us, what we need today so that we can leave changed. We can be better than when we came. We can be more like you and ready to be used. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if, and the focus has been, Jesus is saying, listen, uh, it's not about the letter of the law. There's so much more to it than just checking off a couple of boxes that you should have a change from the inside out. Then he talked about the fact that if you were going to serve, and remember our phrase that I keep pumping, that we remember, God is more interested in you being who he wants you to be than just doing what he wants you to do. So God just talks quite a bit about being, and then he talked about doing. If you are going to do something for the Lord, make sure it's for the Lord and not men. Okay, and we talked about alms, we talked about prayer, we talked about fasting, we talked about if you're doing it for the praise of men, or, or for men to observe what you are doing and giving you a pat on the back for it, then that's what you're going to get. Well, Jesus now is continuing that thought and saying, if now you're doing these things from the inside out because you love me, if you're doing them for me and not others, then it should change the way we look at this entire world. Because now if I'm doing it for the Lord, then my focus shouldn't be on the things around about me, on these earthly, temporary things because the one I'm trying to impress and the one I'm most concerned about is God, my Heavenly Father. So now he begins to talk about the material things around us. So when you are living your lives to please God, we're not to focus on earthly things. I'll tell you, that's hard. When we live in a society that is continuously pushing us to want more than we have, to get better than we have, everything's not good enough, 
You needed the newest car, the newest cell phone, or the newest package of this, or newest that. You need a better, uh, you know, cell service. You need... We live in a world that is continuously reminding us that what we have is not good enough. Okay? And it's all, all about me, 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 and what I can get. Okay? And I don't care if it's commercials on the television, the radio, the newspaper, your phone, billboard, anywhere you go. It's always this idea of being dissatisfied with what you have right at this moment. And it's all focused on material things that we should have better. And it draws our minds away from what we're actually doing. Do you preach the gospel better with a Galaxy S9 in your pocket versus a Galaxy S22 in your pocket? Do you live your faith out better and are a better witness for Christ with a $15 Walmart shirt on versus a $50 dress shirt on? Are you able to minister to someone and serve the Lord better driving a $6,000 used Corolla versus a $70,000 F-250 diesel crew cab. Now maybe that brand new truck will get you somewhere better than it would if you were uh, broken down someplace, but honestly, do those things really matter in our service for the Lord? But we're convinced, and I'm just telling you, folks, uh, if you are not aware of it, I'm glad. But there are a lot of churches and a lot of ministers, especially television uh, and uh, on social media, that tell you if you don't have the best and the biggest and the brightest, and you are not blessed financially, that you can't possibly be living the fullness of your Christian life. There's a prosperity gospel, and it's all about focusing on the material things around us. Man, uh... I can't help but think of it, and uh, those of you who are coming to Sunday school, uh, Dan just started the book of 2 Timothy, and 2 Timothy is the last book that Paul is going to write, and arguably, by the time he finishes it, he probably isn't a month alive after he finishes it. It is the last book. Now, the Apostle Paul, who we just talked about, probably the most influential Christian person not christ himself when it comes to our understanding of god's word and and all the mysteries and the wonderful things that the old the new testament has for us didn't live high on the hog a lot of times he spent that time in prison waiting for a trial waiting for execution wait ask him about prosperity gospel but unfortunately even in christian circles we get tied up into Well, I'm a child of God. I should be blessed. I should be driving a big fancy car, living in a fancy house and having fancy clothes. And it's a very dangerous thing. And Jesus is giving us some warnings here. So we'll just look at the next part. Okay? Um, There are many examples in the Bible about people who struggle with this. And for time's sake, I wasn't going to go into a lot of them. But um, you have... The wisest man in the world, 
Solomon talked about he excelled in wisdom, but the Bible also puts a little phrase in that that says he also exceeded all the kings around him in riches and his wealth. And in that same chapter, it talks about all of a sudden he was giving the queen of Sheba whatever she wanted. He was using his funds and he got caught up by the riches that God had blessed him with. You've got Ananias and Sapphira. The story here, if you remember it, um, many people, including Barnabas, had sold pieces of property. Okay, and they decided they were going to. Get, he gave his price for selling it to the apostles. He showed up and made an offering to the Lord. Well, Ananias and Sapphira said, "Well, that's what's a wonderful good idea." So they sold the piece of property for a certain amount, and then they showed up to give it to the Lord in front of the apostles, and they said, this is what we sold the property for. But they kept back a good portion of it because they were more interested in the finances than being truthful. And you know the story. If you don't, that's a homework assignment for you later. The apostles look at them and say, um, why are you lying to God? And it's Ananias first, and God strikes him dead right there. And then his wife comes in later and said, oh, listen, uh, Sapphira, did you sell the property for such and such and you gave it all to the Lord? Oh, yes, we did. Uh, the same guys who just buried your husband are here to bury you. Bam, God strikes her dead. Okay, over and over and over in the scripture, we see people who are more focused on the possessions and the things and the cares of this world than God. Now, please remember what we're just coming off, what Jesus was saying. Don't do things unto men. If you're going to do it, do it unto the Lord. And if you do it unto the Lord, do these things around us really matter that much? Another one is Demas. Go ahead and next slide. Demas, here's the quote from 2 Timothy. And I don't mean to steal Dan's thunder, but he'll be there in a little while. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Okay, over and over and over in the scripture, we see people who were more focused on their financial benefits than on doing what was right. I could go back to Jacob and Esau, right? And Jacob the deceiver tricks his brother who came in from the field hunting and he was starving. And he was, can I just have some of your porridge? Man, you made some awesome chili. Three alarm, it's beautiful. Can I have some? And Jacob says, well, yeah, if you sell me your birthright for it. And all the problems that we see today between two nationalities come between the angst of a brother over a bowl of porridge because a birthright was sold because all they were worried about is the material things that go on. God warns us, and Jesus is very, very clear here saying, be careful on how you look at your material wealth. All right, let's keep going. It helps us to understand. So with that in mind, we are not talking about the fact that money is a problem. If you read Ecclesiastes, it says money's the answer to everything. Solomon said, listen, in this life, you got to have okay, something in which you can use to support your life. Now, we're not necessarily talking about coins and bills, but we're talking about something that you can trade, okay? Something that is worth something. If you don't have anything that's worth anything, you're in a bad state, okay? And 
I don't necessarily want to go there, but there are a lot of people who are uh, living high on the hog on other people's dollar because they don't want to get out and work and do anything. Okay? Not, the issue is not having funds. The issue is the attitude toward the funds. Know this verse, right? For the love of money is the root of all evil. For, or which, while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Okay, and just again, to boil this down carefully, it does not say money is the root of all evil, does it? Okay, very careful here. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, also, to give ourselves a heads up, it does not say love of money is the root of all sin. All right, because some of us will go, wait a minute. So every bad thing that happens in the world is because of the love of money? No. Evil has an interesting definition. We'll look it up in a second. But he's just reminding us. Now, if we're talking about Jesus saying, where are your treasures? If you're laying up treasures because your focus is on God and that's where you want to do everything in your life for the Lord with a heavenly investment, then the love of things in this world is going to cause you to draw your focus going to cause your motivation to be different it's going to cause you to seek after something different than what god wants you to seek after and that's where this evil comes in so go ahead to the next slide remember it's the love of money not money here's the uh, the definition when you break down the greek here it has three different greek words that tie into this but this is the idea behind it it's striving for worthless, worthless, corrupt, hurtful, wicked things. So when we talk about that and say money, the love of money is the root of all evil, what are you striving for in this world? If you are loving the, the material things in this life, it's the root of all the striving that people do to get something that's only temporary and earthly. And it's just going to cause you problems. Why? Now, I hope we're getting there. I'm going to keep hammering this because this is the focus of the entire morning service is where is your focus? If your focus is on God, then what are you striving for? Are you striving to fill your pockets or fill your bank account? Are you striving to get something that's just corrupt, that's worthless? Honestly, if I got that $80,000 Ford F-250 diesel crew cab with the fishing boat behind... Oh, did I say that? Am I taking it with me to heaven? Now, here's a tough one, and I'm going to say this. Please don't, don't swing the pendulum too far outside of this. But all that money I'm laying aside for retirement... Am I taking that to heaven? I'm killing myself to put money aside so as I live my uh, older life, I've got this uh, money set aside. Matter of fact, we're going to read a verse that talks about that, that somebody else is going to wind up uh, having the benefit of that anyway, not you. 
Now, please, don't swing the pendulum because the Bible does say if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel. If you're doing that because you want to make sure that you're not leaving your children and everything else with a bunch of bills and things that are hanging over their heads because of your decisions in your life, that's one thing. But if we're spending a lot of time in our lives trying to fill accounts with money that we may never even be here to spend... Where are those treasures bitten laid up for? Heaven? Or here on earth? Now please, don't, I'm just trying to tell you, we've got to have a balance. There's so many people that are killing themselves so they can have millions of dollars in retirement so that they can live high on the hog. And you know what's sad? My parents live in Florida. I was there for a little while. You know how many preachers I find down there in Florida who don't even go to church anymore? They've put in their time, they've served the Lord, but now they're down there and on Sunday they're out on visitation. Because that's the name of their boat, visitation. Because they laid aside all this money so that at the end of their life they can just kick back and relax. It's unfortunate, but it's a good reminder that we need to have the right focus. So Jesus is warning us here, okay, giving us some warnings. Remember, we talked about this. You can go back in Sunday school a few weeks ago, Dan, to hit this, that there are quite a few wealthy people in the Bible. Jesus himself had some very wealthy ladies that supported him when he was walking around on this earth. Paul, the same way. Uh, Abraham, Job, Lazarus. We just talked about Solomon. God used many people with funds. It's not having money. It's where is your focus with the money? And we'll look at this in a minute. God's just building this, so let's just keep going. Okay, so the three warnings he gives us. First one is, where's your treasures? Now again, word here says, there is no safe investment here on this earth. I think we've known that. How many of us have watched the stock market crash or the housing bubble collapse or oil prices? Yeah, just there's no place here on earth that anything's ever going to be safe. But the issue I wanted to point out is, there's the key, is where are you investing? Right? Where are your treasures? Are you investing most of our efforts here in this world on financial things that aren't going to last? Or are we making investments in the heavenly Okay, I have a special slot in my house that I put money in and I know it's going directly to heaven. So that when I get there, I got lots of money. No, it's not what we're talking about. Okay, but it's a focus of our minds. Okay, and so many times, and I know it is what we need to do to be proper parents, citizens, that many of us work a 40, 50, 60 hour a week job for a long time in our lives to be able to function in this world. But I wonder how many of us in that same time period invested the same amount of time for heavenly benefits. I can tell you myself, there were times when I was doing construction 60 hours a week, and I guarantee you I wasn't making 60 hours worth of heavenly investments at the time. And which one's going to pay off? Okay, it's a focus. Now, that doesn't mean 
while you're doing that 60 hours worth of work that you're not making heavenly investments. Because you can. But the issue is sometimes we get tied up on material things in this world and forget about where... Listen, I'm leaving it all behind and I'm kind of happy about that. I don't want most of this stuff to go with me. Okay, we just got a little cute little truck, that's great, but I had to put brakes and calipers and all kinds of stuff on it to keep it running. I'm not really interested in doing that kind of thing for eternity. I'm so glad we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. This is all earthly, temporary, material stuff. Yet we spend so much time focusing on it, and Jesus is like, just tweak your brain. If you're worried about the things of God, don't worry about the things of this earth so much. Okay? There is a heavenly investment. When he talks about treasures, it doesn't necessarily mean, and I made a silly comment just a minute ago, having a slot in my house where I'm putting dollar bills, okay? None of the coins or bills or, you know, notes or, uh, you know, anything we can use as value here is going to have any value in heaven. It's all temporary. So what are we investing in? Well, there's one thing I know. I heard a song that's been, it was years and years ago it was written, and we would sing it all the time. Um, And the song was called, Thank You for Giving to the Lord. I don't know if you guys remember it, but it basically talked about, I dreamed I went to heaven, and I bumped into different people there, and, and the idea was they were there because of what I had done, and I didn't even know it. You taught my Sunday school. And because of that, I received Jesus as a Savior. One of the major amazing things that you and I can bring to heaven is somebody else. Uh, Dan said it this morning that the Apostle Paul, before his meeting with God on the road to Damascus, hunted for believers to persecute them. But after he met the Lord, he hunted for unbelievers to get them saved and introduce them to Jesus. You want to know one of the main things you and I can bring with us? Somebody else. Go out and share the gospel. You want to talk about laying up treasures in heaven. But there are other ones. We talked about the crowns, right? Those who love is appearing, the servant's crown, those different things. But if you read God's word, even when we get to heaven with those crowns, it says we're going to be casting them at his feet. None of the things that you and I usually spend a whole lot of effort on for our labor are going to have any benefit when it comes to the material things in this world. Well, Lord, I didn't ever buy a a brand new car. I thought it was a waste of my money. And I know that's going to give me credit in heaven. Careful. Where is our focus, right? Where are our treasures? Where's our wealth? Where is our investment? Is it on heavenly? And again, I know us. We're rained out half the people. Most of us here are the faithfuls and have served the Lord for a long time. But it's just good to keep a remembrance, to keep a a reset in our minds that everything we're doing on a daily basis should be geared toward heavenly results. Well, uh, I swing hammer for a living. Yeah, well, the person you're working with, you get a chance to invest with them. What about the people at Hamshaw Lumber? What about the customer that you're serving? 
Well, I don't do that, Pastor. I work in an office. Well, what about your office mates? Well, I don't work anymore. I'm retired. Well, do you visit the hospital at all? Maybe a nurse or a doctor that you just happen to bump into and there are heavenly results waiting. There's so many things we can just keep refocusing our mind. Okay, well, I got a flat tire. This really stinks. I can't stand it. I hate my vehicle, blah, blah, blah. Maybe the tow truck driver needs to see a Christian. Maybe they're going through a really tough time at the moment and you just don't know how you can minister. There's so many things that if we would remind ourselves to have a heavenly focus in what we're doing on a daily basis. Okay, keep going. There is a sure guaranteed investment available for God's people to get involved in. You know what God has done? God has done something really cool and God has made individual local church families that we can get involved in and that's why we have plates out here okay uh, granted you could give your money to uh, the salvation army or anything like that but the place where you can invest financially in god's plan and know that that money is going to some some heavenly benefit okay we give to missionaries and missionaries are supported and they're sharing the gospel all over the world okay uh, Fixing the brakes on the truck, that's great. I spent money on that, but I don't think any of that money went toward the gospel being shared with somebody else. But I know there are places where the gospel, that those finances, and you remember the Apostle Paul, and I didn't even look this one up, it just popped into my head, um, that he was talking about church sending a big offering back to Jerusalem to help the saints there, and he talked about that it would be credited to their account that when you are giving toward heavenly benefits, the sharing of God's word and ministry, that God keeps track of that, and there are treasures being laid up there. So money isn't all bad. It's just what's the issue, that, how are we focused on it, all right? Notice our church is doing the work of the ministry, and having an everlasting fruit. We should want to be involved in that investment. Now, before you grab your wallet and say, well, the preacher's coming after my money again, uh, there are other ways to invest. What are you doing in ministry? Really. I mean, some of us come here every week and thank the Lord. We're together and fellowshipping and praising God and learning His Word. But are you ministering God's Word? I hope you are. But it's the focus we need to have, isn't it? Because how many of us are supposed to be ministering the Word of God? everybody right now pastor i don't teach a sunday school class didn't say you had to i don't get up and preach i didn't say you had to maybe you weren't discipling someone but pastor i've never discipled someone figure out what ministry god has for you and get involved in it it may be something that you've never thought of before but are you making a heavenly investment okay i'll get to you in a couple minutes sorry but all right keep going All right, Colossians. If then ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and set your affections on things above, not things of this earth. There's a lot of things I enjoy about this life. I got to tell you, I put a pork loin on the smoker yesterday. 
nom, 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 oh, it's good. Okay, there are certain, and God knew that when he created food. He tells us about that. There are things that I really enjoy about this life. And there's a lot of in, thing, affections that we can have here in this world. Some of us like fishing and sewing and knock yourself out if you're sewing. I would probably stab myself to death. All right. I, I, I knew how to crochet, knit, and sew when I left the house. I, know, I still know how to darn a sock. I don't say it turned out really well, but there's a lot of things in this life that we can draw pleasure from that can bring us joy. But it says set your affections on things that are above. I have to hone myself to that. We're just saying in songs, right? Like, this world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. I need to remember, I, stop tying myself to the things that are here. I need to set my affection on things above. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We talk about it all the time. Maybe we won't even make it to church next Sunday because the Lord will come. Hallelujah. But this needs to be a daily focus. Jesus says, listen, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where's our heart? Is it focused on the heavenly? Are our affections set on things above or things here on earth? Again, this isn't a hard thumping message. Jesus is just trying to turn the dial to focus us a little bit more. To remind ourselves where, when we're looking at this life we're living, because again, every day ticks by is shorter than my life gets. It's not hard, right? If I live one more day, that's one less day I'm living in the future. But I have an eternal home an eternal life. I need to set my affections on that place where I'm going someday. Amen? All right, keep going. Where's your heart is the question. Because that was the first warning. Where's your treasures? Okay, Luke says, uh, they got this whole passage written up here, and this is the one where it sits home a little bit. He spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought to himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room to bestow my fruits? And he said, This I will do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow all uh, the fruits and my goods. And I will say unto my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool. This night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then who shall thy things be which thou hast provided? So he that layeth up treasures for himself, uh, so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. So I said, careful of this idea of retirement. Not that it's a bad thing, but be careful on how we handle it. Because notice he said, oh, this account is so small, I have to open another account just so I can put all my money in And aren't I happy? So I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm all set now. I don't have to worry about a thing because of all the money I've got. And God says, there, we're going to get there. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Okay? But this reminds us, 
we can have all the money in the world, and if we don't have the right attitude toward it, God says, what good does it do? Who, who did you actually provide this for? Because you're not going to use it. Keep going. So number one, it was, where are your treasures? Number two, do you have the wrong focus? He said, if your eye be single, meaning focused on one thing, right? That's good. But it says, if your eye be evil, now it's that same definition of evil we looked at before, meaning toiling for things that are worthless. In the big picture, how many of us spend most of our lives toiling for things that aren't going to last? We can't take them with us. Now again, please don't swing the pendulum too far. We don't need to go get, be a monk. All I own is this burlap sack and a rope around my waist. Because God does say he wants to give us the desires of our hearts, that we should be taking care of our family. But again, it's a focus. Nothing wrong with having wealth. Where's your focus? Right? He said, if your eye be single, focused on one thing, God, then you are full of light. But if your eye be evil, if it's worried about and toiling for the things that don't last, then you're walking in darkness. Because you're not focusing on the right thing. I I used this example before, and it's just, for me, it's a good one. Maybe it'll help you. If I had a mirror up here, and uh, my wife does this to me while we're driving in the car. It's not a mirror, but it's her phone. And we'll be driving, and all of a sudden, I don't know how she does it. Every direction that the sun is in, she positions that phone just perfectly so the sun is hitting the phone and getting right in my face. Okay? It's crazy. It happens at midnight. She's got the sun in my... Anyway, um, it just so happens that it reflects... If I took a mirror and pointed it at the sun, what are you going to see? Light, right? A very bright light. If I was in here and pointing it at the lights up there, you'd be looking at, looking at lights. If I take it the other way and I point it down at the ground, at the dirt, what do you see? You see dirt. God says, listen, if your eye is focused on me, you're going to be full of light. But if you're focused on the temporal, earthly, material garbage that's in this world, you're not going to be full of light. You're going to be full of darkness. What are you reflecting? What's filling you? Okay, I know we could have, for time purposes, didn't, but talked about that this eye is the gate to our soul. The Word of God talks about this. The things that we see, the things we fill our eyes with, affects who we are well jesus said listen if you're living not to watch men have men be pleased with what you're doing but you're living for me and that's your focus then the things of this world aren't going to matter as much if your eye be single you're focused on me then your life is going to reflect that but remember it says the love of money is the root of all evil that a person pierces them through with much sorrows because if our life is focused on evil things that are worthless and that's what we're toiling for and that's what we're dedicating our life toward and our we're just our light is darkness it's just going to cause us grief and that's why next week when we finish the chapter jesus deals with worry because he realizes if we're focused on god and the things that are everlasting and heavenly but if we're focused on those things of earth it just brings worry and weariness We need to have a focus. Okay, keep going. Last thing he says, who's your master? 
This is an interesting thing, and I've tried to hold off to this point because this is where the true idea comes from. So he says you can't serve God and mammon. And many times in Christian circles, we've heard people say, you know, mammon is money. Okay, and that is a truth. It has come to mean that as it's been broken down through the years. But originally, mammon was a demon god back in Syriac Aramaic language that was worshipped, and it was the god of prosperity and wealth. And it, you can look it up if you want. There are actually drawings of it. There are actually video games now that they've put the god of mammon in uh, because it, they take from historic uh, scenarios to put, you know, Zeus and all these. Uh, Plutus is the other one that is a the Greek equivalent of mammon. Okay, basically, all those things are true, but there's a deeper meaning to this word mammon. Okay, where it comes from is it that which you put your trust. And I think that is more pertinent when we read this verse. You cannot serve God and mammon. I don't think God is claiming that we're purposefully serving a demon God. I think God is trying to remind us, where do you put your trust? Because I'll tell you what, a lot of us, unfortunately, have put our trust in earthly, temporal things. Um, hopefully not those of us who are living for the Lord with God as our focus, but how many people decided to take their own lives when the stock market fell? Because they put their trust in wealth, in investments, in money, in temporal things. How many of us really get depressed when um, I don't this is going to come out as a stinger because sometimes we get this way how many of us get really depressed when our health isn't what it used to be because all of a sudden I was talking to Oscar this morning I, I I totally, it was important to me. He handed me the card with the phone number on it. I wanted to call it this week. I forgot to. He reminded me and I just was like, this brain, just, I'm in my mid-50s and things just, woo, just, and I remember my father talking about it. I just don't remember things like I used to. And man, I'm getting to that point where I'm understanding it, right? Goes in your brain, you think, I got that, I'll remember it, and poof, it's gone. And you begin to, Realize you can't depend on this flesh the way you used to. But you know, there's a lot of people who struggle with the fact that I'm getting old and decrepit. And I put my faith and my trust in the fact that I'm a healthy human. Now that I'm not so healthy, I'm struggling with that issue. Where you put your trust. That's the key. You can't serve God, trust Him wholeheartedly 100%, and trust in the temporal, temporary, physical, earthly things around us. One or the other. You can't have a master in both. Either it's God you're serving and you know he's in control, or he's not. We just talked about this downstairs. We were praying, and I love listening to the other guys pray with us on Sunday morning. And just reminded us, Jake's up there just saying, God, we know you are in control of all things. 
And we just talked about prayer and how important it is that prayer is not to remind God what he should be doing. Prayer is to continually remind us that God has it covered. We just need to find what he wants us to do in that. He's got the prayers answered before we even ask him. Where are we trusting? And that's probably the biggest issue here. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be, or vice versa. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Who are you trusting? Can't serve both. Where's your focus? Is it totally on God? Look at this last little bit. I just summed it up again. Oops, forgot this one. Remember what Romans says? Know ye not that whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are who you obey, whether it's sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness, who are you serving? You can't serve God and mammon. Lay up our treasures. Work for God. Don't do it for men. Don't worry about this earthly stuff. Plug in and remember, we're making heavenly investments. It's a focus. Now, the last slide. So the three warnings. Where are your treasures? Are they heavenly or are they here on earth? Do you have the wrong focus? Is it God or is it other things around us? Earthly, temporary things. And who's your master? What are you and I trusting in? Jesus is really reminding this. And all of this hinges on what we'll cover next week. And that's worry. Because you know what? It's really hard to worry if heaven is where you have your treasures. God is the one you're focused on. And he's the master and the one you're serving. But it's easy to worry if you're looking at earthly things. If you focus on all the stuff that goes on on every day, daily basis and you're serving, trusting in the things of this world. So next week, go ahead and read, read ahead if you want. Jesus says, uh, think not. Take no thought for. Don't focus your thinking and your mind and your worry and your concern on a bunch of the things that he's going to list. Because if we would set this straight, worry kind of just fizzles out. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I'm not going to say that this isn't affecting me. Lord, we live in a culture. I mean, the world is full of temporary earthly things. But especially this Western culture, Lord, where we're continuously reminded we don't have enough. It's not good enough. We need more. My life would be better if I had. I would be happier if this was gone. Lord, it is so drawn to keep our focus on the temporal things, the earthly things. And Lord, there are so many people who strive just continuously. Their life is driven on things that are worthless, corrupt, temporary we as Christians don't have to live that way, Lord. You told us we can make heavenly investments, things that would last forever. And Father, number one on that list is introducing somebody else to the Lord as Savior and spending the rest of eternity with a lost soul that found forgiveness. And Father, we've been hitting on this over and over. We've been left here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. What an amazing investment that could be if we could see somebody that we know that God allowed us to live our faith in front of 
turn to the Lord. Man, that's awesome. But Father, I just pray that you'd help us to remember who we should trust in. If we're serving you without thinking about what men think, not doing it to impress anybody else but you, Lord, we, there's our focus. We need to be serving you and remembering you're in control. You're the master. We're not distracted. Our focus needs to be on pleasing you. So, Father, I thank you. With all that, you didn't ask us to live as paupers. We don't have to be poor. We don't have to live in a shack with meager things. You told us you would bless us and give us abundance because that's the kind of God you are. But Lord, Lord, we talked about it the last couple of weeks. You who seeth in secret reward us openly. We get the blessings from God, not because we're striving for those, but we're striving for you, and then you will give us the desires of our hearts. Father, it's always been about you. So Lord, help us as we refocus this morning, just a good reminder where our minds need to be. We have the ability every day to invest in eternity. Keep our focus on you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.